Hi, it's Peg Fitzpatrick, and you're listening to 360 Entrepreneur with Jan Alunga. This is episode number eight, and today we talk about mastering the art of social media. Here we go. Welcome to the 360 Entrepreneur Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs and small business owners who dream big and want to do bigger. Join some of the world's top entrepreneurs, internet marketers, and best-selling authors as they share their inspiring stories, their struggles, and give actionable tips that will help you build, grow, and promote your online business. Here's your host, Yanni Lunga. Hey there, how are you doing today? It's your pal, Yanni Lunga from the 360 Entrepreneur Podcast with the eighth episode of this great show. And man, today's episode is definitely going to rock your world. Today we talk about a hot topic. We talk about social media and we talk about one of the hottest books at the moment, The Art of Social Media. You've probably heard about it or maybe you've read it by Guy Kawasaki and Peg Fitzpatrick. And Peg is here with us today and she has so many great actionable tips, which means that there are things that you can implement right away. Before I tell you more about some of the things we're going to cover in this episode, let's take a second and thank today's sponsor. Being from Switzerland, I know quite a lot about Swiss Army Knives and Time. I mean, after all, Switzerland is the country of watches, right? When it comes to social media, Social Oomph is my Swiss Army knife. With Social Oomph, I can put my social media marketing on autopilot and I can focus on networking and building valuable connections. Schedule tweets, track keywords, manage Facebook and LinkedIn profiles, groups, pages. Social Oomph does it all. Go to 360entrepreneur.net slash socialoomph to get socialoomph for free or even snatch the free 7-day trial for socialoomph pro at 360entrepreneur.net slash socialoomph. Okay, so as I was saying, today we are joined by the wonderful, the lovely Peg Fitzpatrick to talk about mastering the art of social media and her latest book that she's co-authored with Guy Kawasaki, The Art of Social Media. Power Tips for Power Users, and we're going to talk about quite many things. So get your pen and paper ready or open your digital notebook because we're going to talk about things like social media profile optimization, Peg has some very specific tips that you can really implement right away. We're also going to talk about the philosophy of a hashtag strategy, so how you can really leverage hashtags to really stand out on social media. We're also going to hear more about how you can use social media to promote things, for example, books. If you have a book, we're going to talk about also how you can leverage social media to boost your book sales and much, much more. You find the links to everything, and I mean everything, Peg and I talk about in this episode at 360entrepreneur.net slash episode 8. That's 360entrepreneur.net slash episode 8. Here is Mastering the Art of Social Media with Peg Fitzpatrick. Have fun. Hey, everybody. I'm super, super, super excited about this episode. Today, we talk about the art of social media. And this is an episode that really everyone who is using social media, whatever the purpose of you using social media is, you're going to love this episode. And my guest today is an author, she's a speaker, she's a social media marketing pro, and you know, she's really covering all the major social media platforms, and often people just tell her, 
Hey, you're everywhere, and I'm super excited about having her here on the podcast to talk about social media and her new book, who she co-wrote alongside Guy Kawasaki, The Art of Social Media, Power Tips for Power Users. It's with great pleasure that I welcome on the show, Peg Fitzpatrick. Hey, Peg, how's it going? Hi, great. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm super excited about having you here on the podcast. And first of all, I want to thank you personally for the book. As I told you before the call, I, you know, I pre-ordered it as soon as it was available on, on Kindle. I read it in a day and I was super pumped. And I thought to myself, you know what? It would be great to have Peg on the podcast to talk about the book. So thanks for that, Peg. Oh, well, thanks for getting the book. I really appreciate it. And, you know, the thing is, it is a quick read and a lot of people read it and then they go back through and they read it again and they highlight things. And some people, um, it's interesting, either pe- people have to choose, they either read right through it or they can't help it and they stop and they start testing things. There's a guy on Twitter the other day that just started reading the book and he tweeted, I'm going to start reading this. And then he was like testing stuff like, <laughs> on Twitter, like adding images adding the images to the tweets, adding little, you know, gifts to the tweets. It was funny. I was like, hey, are you reading or are you like playing with all the stuff? He's like, I can't help it. (laughs) So it's great when it inspires people to actually get in and try things. Um, That makes me happy. Yeah. And uh, as you said, I think, you know, the book can really be read in different ways. and, Mm -hmm. And also because you guys cover different aspects of different platforms. So, you know, for me, as I was reading it, I was really taking notes. For example, I don't know when it came to to the cover picture, I was taking notes there. And then mm-hmm. when it came to, to Pinterest, for example, I took notes there. And then I, I also started to play around a little bit with that. But Peg, obviously, you know, I, I know the book pretty well because I read it. Obviously, <laughs> you know it super well. But can you tell the listeners a couple of things about the book, you know, in case they haven't heard sure. about the art of social media? Um, would you mean just like an overview why we wrote it? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, basically, um, I get asked a lot how I do everything that I do in social media because I am on a lot of different platforms. And it is my job. It's my job. And I take pride in knowing how to do everything well. And I test everything. And so somebody asking, you know, how do you do what you do or saying, I want to do what you do. It's not an easy, quick answer. You can't answer that in mm-hmm. a tweet or um you know, I don't have time to answer everybody's questions via email because I get so many. And it's even longer than a blog post. Um, So what we did was we tried to answer all those questions that we get all the time. Like, how do we do what we do? You know, people want to know, how did Guy get 10 million followers? Sure, he has a name. He already is, you know, a tech celebrity. Mm -hmm. But he has 10 million followers because he works really hard at it. You know, there's other people that have, you know, it takes work no matter who you are, unless you are a celebrity um, who's just going to get followers because you're famous for being famous. That's a totally different thing. But (laughs) anyone anyone else, you're going to have to work to get your following. And, you know, when I first met Guy, I had about 1500 followers on Twitter and, you know, most of the other platforms, you know, I just had a personal Facebook page, Google plus didn't exist. (laughs) Pinterest didn't exist. So, you know, that was kind of my whole following was like 1500 people. And now, you know, five years later, I'm, I have like almost 900,000 followers myself. Whoa, no, that's crazy. (laughs) 
Right. And I'm, I'm not a celebrity. I didn't work at Apple, you know, so <laughs> people like to say, well, you know, of course he's Guy Kawasaki. That's why he has so many followers. Well, which came first, the chicken or the egg, yeah. you know, he, he works at it. And so we, we put, a, put a book together, you know, with our best social media tips. So other people could build a, big, a social media following of their own. And what I think is great about the book is that, you know, it's really for everyone using social media. So it's for the newbie, the person who maybe, you know, just wants to start out with Twitter, for example, but it's also for the Twitter expert because you really share some kind of uh, guru's tips, some, some tweaks that people can do that can really help them boost their social media marketing effort, the way their profiles are set up and look. And one of the things you talk about in the book that I think would be very useful for the listeners if we discuss it a little bit here are the social media profile optimization tips. Okay. Obviously, in the book, you talk about many different social media and, you know, only talking about this could take us the whole, the whole afternoon. And I don't want to take all of your day, but do you have maybe a couple of, of quick optimization tips for your favorite social media platforms? Yeah. Well, in general, you know, general social media profile optimizations use a great photo. It's really surprising how many people use blurry photos mm. or a picture of like their whole body of like them standing next to a car. <laughs> it, it's really, really small. You really want it a close up on your face. You want it to be a good picture that if people click on it and it, and it gets bigger, like on Twitter, on your profile, you want it to be a clear photo. So if you don't have a photo, you might need to, you know, it's something that when people are new, they're very uncomfortable with putting a picture of themselves out there in the world. I remember feeling that way myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't really want my picture to be out there. <laughs> I have no idea who these people are. You know, I remember all those feelings. But um, the, the bottom line is people want to connect with you. So you want to have a really great photo. We give a lot of tips in the book about, you know, how to, you know, what type of photo um, to have it, you know, smiling photo, not straight center in the middle. Um, and use the same picture across different social media platforms. Mm -hmm. So people recognize this is you from Twitter and, oh, look, it's Pinterest and you have the same one here. So people recognize you from your blog to your Twitter account, to your Facebook page. You want people to like feel comfortable and feel like they know you from different social media platforms. Um, and another tip is to, you know, get use the same name. It, it is harder and harder because there are so many people on Twitter to get your actual name. If you can get some version of your name and then use the same name everywhere for your blog, mm -hmm. for your Instagram account, for your Facebook account. I'm Peg Fitzpatrick everywhere. <laughs> um, I, I usually, I, in my whole life have gone by Peggy and I, and I never used Peg, but Peggy Fitzpatrick is just too long. Yeah. It was too long on Twitter. I think it was taken as a matter of fact too. And the URL was gone. So I switched to Peg and I, I just I was like, all right, well, making a change, <laughs> you know, sometimes you might have to make a change a little bit or be creative depending on what your name is, but you want to be consistent. So when people, you know, know you from Twitter and then they try to tag you on an Instagram picture that your name is the same. So, um, you know, again, the comfort level, knowing who you are, make it easy for people to find you. If you have a difficult name, it's good to help people, you know, remember how to say it or spell it. If you can like put it in the text somewhere. 
um, like Mari Smith, you know, her name is Mari, not Mary. Mm-hmm. So she, she says Mari like Ferrari, and she, <laughs> you know, it, you, and you remember that, you know, like she gives you a little great way to remember her name and it shows her personality. Cause she's like, okay, it's not, she doesn't want to be called Mary. So she gives you a fun way to remember her name. Like if you, if there's a trick like that, that you can use, that would be awesome. And Peg, you talked about the, the importance of kind of keeping it clear, keep being consistent across various platforms. Mm-hmm. You talk about, you gave some recommendations in terms of the profile picture. So that should be high quality, maybe not centered, a clear picture of you if it's a personal account. And I want to ask you about the, the cover or, or the header, depending if we talk about Facebook or Twitter. What tips do you have for the listeners in term, in terms of how to leverage that space? Okay. Well, there's a lot of different ways. It depends on, you know, you can use it for, you know, straight up marketing. You don't want to have too much text on it, but you can have text on there with calls to action. Like, you know, click the link in my bio for more information about me. You want to give people an idea who you are and why they should follow you because people, you know, are very quick to make decisions on social media based on your photo. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to look at your cover photo and then they're going to look at your bio. So your goal with all of these things is to prove that you're a person worth following. Why should they follow you? If you have a boring picture and a boring cover photo, why should someone follow you? That's not even interesting in that little brief second. Mm -hmm. So you want to have, you know, a photo that's interesting, a bio that tells about who you are, why they should follow you. And then your cover photo can tell a story about, you know, why people should follow you. I rotate mine a little bit, you know, because I get sick of looking at the same (laughs) thing, but I make them, I make them all coordinate. Um, I use Canva, which is an online tool where you can make cover photos for all your different platforms Mm -hmm. for Facebook and Twitter and Google plus, and it's free. Um, you can bring your own pictures in. So if, if for example, you're a professional speaker, guy's a professional speaker, I speak as well. Um, but guy in particular speaks for huge crowds, you know, a lot. And that's where, you know, what he's really famous for. One of the things, (laughs) so he likes to have photos that show him speaking in events, you know, where there's big crowds of people Mm -hmm. showing, you know, this is me at a big event. This could be, you know, and the theory is this could be your big event. I could be at your big event. And a lot of big speakers do that. Gary Vaynerchuk recently Mm -hmm. just changed his cover photo and he's speaking at an event. So it's that kind of thing where people that have these great experiences, that gives you an idea. Oh, Gary Vaynerchuk is a person who is a great speaker. People are in the audience having a great time. Sometimes I do selfies on the stage because I think that's funny to get like the crowd in the background. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, everybody be in my picture. Cause I like <laughs> to do funny selfies. That's just something that I like to do. So it's all those things are fun. So if you can think of a fun way, um, you know, to show who you are in a professional manner as well, you know, you want to get the message across. Like in my stuff, I always talk about social media. I'm a social media marketer. I'm a writer. And I'm a speaker. So those are the things that I want to convey in my photos. Sometimes I do it with a photo. I like to use vintage typewriters a lot. And sometimes I actually will put the words on there, speaker, marketer, social media. Mm -hmm. I want people to think of those things when they think of me. And I've been building that brand for those things for a couple of years now. So I think people do see me for that. You know, when I started, maybe people didn't even know who I was, or maybe, you know, if they searched for any of those things, my name wouldn't come up. But maybe (laughs) now if you search for me on Google, you know, my name might come up for social media or social media marketer, you know, things like that. 
Okay, Peck, so you you really are giving us plenty of value. You told us about some, some recommendations on the on the cover pictures. You mentioned Canva, your go-to tool for, for crafting the cover of your social media profiles. And let me ask you maybe for a tip or two about the bio, especially on Twitter where mm-hmm. we have limited characters yeah you know do you have any tips in terms of how to utilize that real estate in the best possible way um you know i look at my bios all the time and i tweak them because it is hard to make sure that you're being interesting so on the first thing i wrote ever on twitter was the first little part of my bio and i wrote rocking a positive attitude because that's like (laughs) something about me like i'm a positive person so if you like positive people then follow me on twitter you know like i say that straight (laughs) up front and it's I've never changed that because even for the like five or whatever however long I've been on Twitter you know it it remains kind of like something that people think it's like entertaining so even though I only have a few characters I want to say the most I can so I started out with something that tells about my personality I say I'm a co-author of the art of social media with a hashtag Mm -hmm. I put a link in there to the book I have speaker, I have a social media strategist, and I have little spacers in there. And I, and I have Pinterest and Visual Media Pro, and then I have a link to my blog. So what you want to think about um, when you're writing your bio, because you do have such a short amount of time, you want to make sure that you know you either can write like one big sentence, mm-hmm. or you can try to break it into little chunks and say certain things. I chose to break it into little chunks to have like what I want people to know me for. So that's kind of what you need to think about when you're writing bio, when you're writing a bio, especially for Twitter and Instagram, where it's very small, is that you want to have something that make you always want to think two things. Number one, will will this be interesting enough for someone to follow me? Mm-hmm. And, and number two, does it give enough information about who I am? You know, people who don't write anything and just write like, I'm a guy who writes on the internet. <laughs> uh like why okay unless you're super famous and everybody knows who you are that's really not going to get you many followers there's every you know who doesn't have a blog these <laughs> days you know everybody has a so you need to think you know what can differentiate you from other people you need to think about inspiring people to click that follow button and is it interesting so if you get stuck it is really hard to write bios it's one of the hardest things to do if you get stuck Ask a colleague, a friend, or some, you know, a, your, you know, your wife or your husband, say, what are the characteristics that you think of when you think mm-hmm. of me and have people, you know, help you out because it is hard to kind of view, you know, what are the things that are special about yourself? Sometimes that's a little tricky. <laughs> so, you know, you want to make sure you have the, the professional part of it and, you know, a little bit of your personality in it as well. Um, the reality of an online, anything online is that your, your business and your social all gets lumped in together. People who think, well, I want to just have this for my business. It's not going to be connected with my professional stuff. I thought that when I started on Twitter, but you know, I manage, um, social media for a German, um, chemical Mm -hmm. company that has a U.S. subsidiary and our clients in the dry cleaning industry, they all found me on Twitter, (laughs) you know, because they knew my name, they knew, you know, so if you think that people aren't going to associate you, uh, with your professional stuff, it, it all gets lumped together in Google search. So there's you, anything that you do on your personal stuff is also your professional stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's, you know, bio tips, make it interesting and make it, you know, 
unique to you and, you know, keep it fresh, you know, check through them every once in a while to make sure that you don't want to update it. Awesome. Peg, thank you so much. You're really giving us a lot of food for thoughts here. And guys, if you want to look at Peg's uh, bio as an example or the cover picture, the profile picture, make sure to follow her on Twitter at Peg Fitzpatrick. And maybe if you're starting to implement some of the things you are learning today with this podcast or maybe through the art of social media, power tips for power users through Peg's and Guy's book, make sure to tell Peg with a tweet and use the hashtag T-S-E-Art so that we know that you came through the podcast. And Peg, uh, in the book, you also talk about something that I think it's it's very interesting, especially for those out there who are organizing events. And you talk about how to utilize social media for promoting events or simply how to socialize events. So what can you tell us about that? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you know, the interesting thing is even social media conferences don't always get this right. But uh, (laughs) in general, if you're having an event and say you're paying to have a speaker come and you're going to have tons of people there, you want it to be online. So some of the basic things are pick a hashtag that everybody can remember or you know, you want, and also you want to put the hashtag everywhere. So in mm-hmm. everybody's presentations and everybody's, you know, at the room somewhere, have a sign up saying like tweet and Instagram us at the, at this hashtag, make it super easy for people to share what's going on at the conference. Um, you need to have great Wi-Fi, and you need to have it, have let people have access to it. I know it becomes an issue with really big conferences, but especially social media conferences, you want to make sure that people can tweet the heck out of your event because it <laughs> makes it it makes it trend on Twitter and it makes it popular. Um, the inbound conference that HubSpot put on this year was a, they did so many things right. They had mm-hmm. people designated just for doing social media for the event. Mm-hmm. They had people responding on Twitter. They had people um, posting, live tweeting the different presentations with the hashtag. With They did images, which is something that I like to do. I create graphics and I tweet them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I did that at the inbound conference. And there was 10,000 people at that conference, which is a huge amount of people tweeting. That's a lot of people tweeting. And I, out of the top 10 tweets, like four of them were mine. Four, <laughs> it's a lot of them. So, I, I mean, that's a lot, even to have one in the top 10. I mean, I don't even know how many tweets there were for the whole event. <laughs> so, you know, being being quick, keep, and obviously you want to make it easy for people to recharge their batteries. People are always running out of batteries. So have little charging stations around <laughs> so people can, you know, fire up their phones and their iPads and whatever. Um, And then you can have people announce at the beginning, like, you know, hey, here you are, you know, we're all here, tweet us at, you know, our hashtag is, if you're the event coordinator, use your at mention so you can get more social media mentions, tell everybody what the hashtag is, and then remind people. And it is great to have a designated person to stay on top of the hashtag, retweet the great tweets, share new tweets new content themselves. And and it's also cool to have um, big screens up that, that, you know, show the tweets. Mm-hmm. A lot of the conferences, like there's 140 conferences, which are Twitter conferences, and they show the live tweets up. I have to say, like, as a speaker, that is, like, super intimidating because if you... <laughs> If you suck as a speaker, people will tweet, oh my God, this person is so horrible or I'm leaving or so it's 
no, it, it, and that that's a challenge, but you know, you, I guess you'd have to use that as better feedback for next time, but <laughs> um, it's great for the people in the event because they tweet more because they want to see their name up there, you know? Peg, I'm loving this. You're sharing so many great tips. And before we continue, let's take a second to thank today's sponsor. Before I found out about Social Oomph, I would spend hours promoting my content on social media. Now with Social Oomph, I can easily schedule updates on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, put those on autopilot and let Social Oomph work its magic. Go to 36entrepreneur.net slash social oomph to sign up and boost your social media productivity today. And Peg, I think that by listening to, to your tips here, one can really understand the importance of using hashtags and using the right hashtags, I should yeah. add, for, for promoting not only events, but, you know, pretty much everything. And I know that you've written a post called The Philosophy of a Hashtag Strategy. And guys, mm -hmm. you will find the link to the post as well to everything else Peg and I are talking about in the show notes. And Peg, do, can you share a couple of, of things you talk about in that post? Because I think I, I, that understanding the hashtag can really make life easier on social media for everyone who is listening to you and I. Okay. Um, yeah, I wrote this post because I kept talking about hashtag strategies and webinars and people were like, how do you do it? What do I do? <laughs> so I really like laid it all out. It is a pretty comprehensive post because if you don't have a strategy for using hashtags, they're not going to help you. So there's two different parts to using hashtag. Part of it is posting your content. So it goes in with everybody else's content that's mm -hmm. using a hashtag. And then the other side of that is monitoring and listening. So you can use it for two different things. And you need to think about that. Like, it's great to have your own hashtag for things. But what people forget about is that no one else is going to use that if it just has your name in it. Mm -hmm. Unless, unless we'll, I'll use an example, Gary V. He's an, ex he's an exception because yeah. he's, he's um, you know, he's Gary Vaynerchuk. So <laughs> People know who he is. He has a great hashtag that's Ask Gary V for a show that he's doing. And he has people mm -hmm. like ask me questions at this hashtag. So what he's doing is he's creating a community of people that are going to are tweeting to him essentially because they're going to at mention him and they're also going to use the hashtag. And he can go in that hashtag and find the, the comments. He can mm -hmm. find the questions. So it's listening and, you know, it's building your community together. But in general, if you're just starting out and nobody knows who you are, doing it like if I did a, a hashtag that was just like my name or like peg tips or something like that, why no one else is going to use that because mm -hmm. they can't share their tips in it, you know, because it, you know, so you have to think of does it make sense, you know, mm -hmm. or when you're starting out, should you just use a hashtag like social media tips or um, hashtag SM tips, which is pretty popular. So you have to think, and, and another tip is to make sure that you check the hashtag, that it's not already being used. Mm -hmm. uh, because that's just, you know, if it's already being used for something else, you can't, you can join it, you can jump in, but that doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to work. Um, when, when Guy wrote um, Ape, author, publisher, entrepreneur with Sean Welch, um, guy wanted to use the hashtag APE. And I was like, we were like, ah, you know, the hard thing about that is, you know, number one, it doesn't really say what it is unless you mm -hmm. already know the book. But number two, someone else was already using the hashtag and they were using it for traffic in, in a city. I can't remember what city, <laughs> but somewhere in South America where they just have crazy traffic. So all day long, they just tweet the traffic. <laughs> so 
having book tweets go in with that just did it didn't work well mm-hmm. you know it didn't go together and it didn't work so we switched it to ape the book which you know if you're doing something like that you want to make sure that your hashtag you know is something that people can figure out what it is you know like we use art of social for the book uh, we didn't use art of social media because it's longer mm-hmm. so we just chose art of social and then our website is art of dot social so it all ties together and goes together and and Peck, do you have uh, maybe a tool to recommend for people that they, they can use to do a quick research in terms of the hashtag? I mean, obviously, one can do it on Twitter, but do you use something in particular, or you just do your hashtag research there on Twitter? Um, one that I, one that I really like is Tagboard mm-hmm. hashtag. It's Tagboard is the name of it, and that one pulls in the in tweet in tweets and Facebook posts, which I like that. Um, fa- you know, tweets hashtags are not as popular on Facebook. I use them because they do tie everything together. You know, it's joining a bigger conversation. That's what I always think of when I use hashtags. It's it's connecting with, uh, it helps more people find your content. If you don't have a big following or if you want to grow your following, which is everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to grow their following. Using hashtags on and every single platform except for Pinterest and LinkedIn helps you, you know, create, you can click on that hashtag. You can meet all the other people that are talking about what you're interested in. It's, it's amazing. So it, hashtags are the, the way that you grow. They're mm-hmm. growth. Yeah. You can find people to follow. You can find conversations that are happening live. Yeah. So ta- tag board, it's called. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, and there, I, in the post, I listed a couple other ones, but I do like, um, I like that one. Tags for likes is an app that you can get for your phone to find groups of hashtags. That, that one's pretty good. It, it has some like spammy hashtags in the group. So I always go through and take out the ones that I don't want. Like it'll do hashtag tags for likes in the Instagram one, mm-hmm. which I think you probably do get more likes if you use it, but it's not necessarily like what I want in my hashtag stream. So yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and the, the, the last question I, or the next question I have, I have to ask is obviously your book just came out recently. And I know that you've written another great post about how to boost book sales through social media. And, you know, I think the question it's, it's kind of a no brainer since your new book has just been uh, released and there are maybe some authors out there that are listening to this conversation. So do you have a couple of quick tips that they can use to boost their book sales? Um, the, one of the biggest things is make sure that you have a really great profile on Amazon mm-hmm. and Goodreads. Amazon, um, I spent, it took me a long time to complete my profile on there, but thankfully I had all my other sites set up and I had a lot of other media to link in there, but I actually get website traffic from my Amazon bio. So people do click on them and they click through things and you can add a lot of um, things. Again, you know, if you're a writer, people are going to assume that you're going to have an interesting bio. If you don't have an interesting bio and you're a writer, you know, people are going to be like, what? (laughs) Uh, So you need to think about, you know, creating a great Amazon bio, you can add your Twitter stream in there. So it tweet shows all the tweets that you're doing. Um, and it's just really important way for people to connect with you as an author. And people do click on your name to see what's there. And Goodreads is another place where, you know, it took me a while 
to set my bio up, but I link to my blog. I have Twitter on there. And if people want to learn about you, you know, thank goodness someone's clicking to read about you. So make <laughs> sure that you have something really good and interesting for them to find. So those are the, the first thing is to, you know, make sure that you go in and make a great impression mm-hmm. and um, give people something so they can learn more about you. That's really important. Um, and then you you want to build your social media platform to grow your readership. Even if you're in the process of writing, you know, people are really interested in what you're working on and, you know, share a little bit about your writing process or how you're doing character development or, um, you know, a quote that you liked that you're writing or something like that. So, you know, you want to keep people interested in what you're doing or get them interested in what you're doing. And social media is a great place to do that. If, even if you publish with a traditional publisher, which is what we did for Art of Social Media, a lot of the marketing it falls on the author, whether you're self-published or traditionally published. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to get the word out. You want, so you, need to, you want to create an audience for your future projects or your current projects, and social media is a great place to do that. Okay, so guys, if you are out there and you are working on a book or you have a book that is ready to go, here are some some tips from Peg. And really, Peg, I want to thank you because you've really given out plenty of value, told us about how to optimize our social media profiles. You gave out some tips for social, how to socialize events. You told us more about the hashtag and what we should think about when we want to implement a hashtag strategy. Now you gave out some quick tips on how to boost book sales through social media and, and the internet, obviously. And at the end of the month, between March 25th and 27th, there is Social Media Marketing World Conference in San Diego, and you're going to be speaking there. So do you want maybe to tell the listeners a couple of things on what they can expect? Social Media Marketing World in San Diego, I'm really excited to speak there. Um, I love Social Media Examiner. It's one of the first blogs that I read a lot when I first started. I think everybody reads it. It's just, you know, I'm honored to write there and I'm so happy that they asked me to speak this year. And I'm presenting myself on um, how to build your brand with Pinterest. Oh, interesting. um, Yeah. So I've been working on that presentation. and I'm going to share a lot about, you know, just how to do things on Pinterest to really build your brand, how to create your visual brand, why you should be on Pinterest, because there's still people that are not sure they should be. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you one thing, it is the best social media post as far as traffic goes, long-term traffic. Mm-hmm. At la- Pinterest pins last so long. Um, like if you tweet something, it lasts for like 24 minutes. 20 it's so that's how long it lasts it's like pretty much gone you tweet it and it like floats away basically flies away and uh and a facebook post will last a little bit longer mm-hmm. you know maybe an hour and a half unless it starts getting popular and then it will go back in the news feed as people comment on it or like it but a pinterest pin the a- the average time is like three and a half months people Whoa. are still repinning it and that's the average and I have pins that two years later three years later people are still pinning every day well Peg and- so ah uh, sorry sorry to interrupt yeah. you Peg but you know at this point I have to ask you obviously you can tell us and you can share everything you're gonna talk about there at social media marketing world but what do you have a couple of quick Pinterest tips for example in terms of of what kind of a uh, graphic, con- uh, visual content or pictures you think perform well on, on Pinterest? 
Uh, Pinterest is all about visuals. So you want to use really, really good images. That's And you want to use long, tall images. Mm-hmm. I use 735 by 11... 02 pixels because 735 is the maximum width and then they have a ratio for how long it can be before it gets cut off Mm -hmm. so if you do long pictures or just the maximum width of 735 but what you don't want to do is just do little teeny images that don't look (laughs) well look good a lot of people do it and make sure that your blog has images on it multiple images that people can pin some of my most repinned blog posts have you know three and four images in them Great. Peg, thank you so much for being here with us. And guys, make sure to go to pegfitzpatrick.com to check out Peg's blog that has plenty of tips. And don't forget to check out the Art of Social Media Power Tips for Power Users to really take your social media marketing efforts to the next level. Peg, again, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. All right, all right, all right. We are back Peg, thank you so very much for this lovely conversation. Thank you for the great book, The Art of Social Media, and for everything you do. You rock, Peg, really. And guys, the show notes at 36entrepreneur.net slash episode 8. In the show notes, you'll find the links to all the things Peg and I have covered in this episode. And I've also put their link to my free training smart social media automation. We've talked about social media here with Peg. You've heard some great tips from her and I want to give you even more tips with my free training. Again, go to the show notes at 36entrepreneur.net slash episode 8 and get access to the free training smart social media automation. All right, this is it from this lovely sunny day here. Thank you again for taking time to listen to this episode and have a great day, guys. Take care. Thank you for listening to the 360 Entrepreneur Podcast. For more tips and tools, head over to www.360entrepreneur.net.